Hey everybody, welcome back. I have an interesting conversation for you this week. I'm speaking to Rami Alijil, who is CEO of People Processes. And People Processes is a company that actually helps small businesses do their HR. Their tagline is don't HR alone. Take us with you. You know, they they help you with your payroll, your benefits, your base HR, your time and labor, compliance, and all those sorts of things. And the interesting thing about Rami was that he has always been a podcaster. He's had a couple of HR businesses now and has used podcasting in both. He's used them to educate. He's used them to get the word out there. He's been a professional guest, all those sorts of things. And we have this wonderful conversation talking about every element that you could possibly think of in terms of podcasting. So without further ado, here's Rami. Um, but I wanted to welcome you and I, you know, like today people say that, um, you know, you're either going to go see a therapist or you're going to start a podcast. And so I want to get a little bit of an idea of, of where you came from and, and how you got to this point, um, with your business. Could you give me a little bit of an idea of your background and your story? Sure, sure. Um, well, my wife and I started a company doing HR operations 10 years ago, almost 11 now. Mm -hmm. um, we started in the employee benefits space and rapidly developed that into payroll, which led to true kind of full HR consulting and services. And uh, four years ago, I started a little podcast called Don't HR Alone. And it went surprisingly well. We got to like a thousand downloads an episode. And I, I did it daily. I did it every day, five days a week for like, I don't know, almost a year. Mm -hmm. And I was just, it was killing me. It was absolutely killing me, but it was doing a great job. And it actually led to a book deal. Um, and my book was called People Processes. And after the book came out, and honestly, we got super busy I had to cut the everyday podcast. I took a two-month hiatus and relaunched the podcast as People Processes, named after the book, mm -hmm. and um, you know went from went from there and moved to two days a week, which has been significantly more uh, maintainable for me. Yeah, very cool. And, I mean, uh, <laughs> daily sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I kind of miss it in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. One thing about daily also is, and, and I know this, I don't. We're on a podcast about podcasts, so I'll say I didn't stress about the content quite as much. Yeah. You know, it's like, ah, there's going to be another one tomorrow. Um, but the worst thing is I did it very news-based. It was very current mm -hmm. for HR. So it was like, what did, you know, Indiana decide today? There's a new FLSA exemption. There's a new law. And so mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't um, front load them. You know, I right. wouldn't be able to bust out 20 of them and be good for the, for, for the month. I mean, it was like I recorded, I got into the office every morning, 6 a.m., you know, read yesterday's news or at the very end of the day, I'd read that day's news and prep my podcast next day, come in, record it and post it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was cool. It was kind of like a little news show, but man, it, it just, uh, it just ate me up. But from there, launched a book, grew the company. Um, now we're, we work with in all 50 States companies all over the U S HR people we consult with all over the world, um, and help them get their people processes, right handle gotcha. all those HR operations. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about um, the business currently and how uh, the intricacies of what you're doing and, and what services you're providing. 
my company, People Processes, um, has software systems that are fully integrated and scale up to large, large companies. Our largest company on the platform has around uh, 36,000 employees. Uh, we have groups that have as few as seven employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, honestly, I think a lot of the value, I mean, the people who have seven and 10 employees, they can work with us, let us do like basic payroll, something like that. Mm-hmm. But as you start growing, our systems for recruiting, onboarding, long-term leave management, FLSA, Department of Labor stuff, uh, benefits enrollment and management is a huge part of what we do, the communication around the benefits, mm-hmm. Uh even 401k enrollment management, all those different pieces. And then performance evaluations, annual reviews, uh, even training, terminations, mm-hmm. all the way through Cobra. We kind of have oper- we have a single operational software to manage all of that. And then separate from that, we also consult on how to design those systems. So if it's not just you need to automate these things, you also don't even know what to automate, we have that side <laughs> of it as well. Right? Gotcha. Wow. Okay, so now if you dove in to doing a daily podcast, and now you're even um, you're you're still at it. You're doing a, a twice a week podcast. I mean, most of the clients I'm working with, they're they they find it <clears throat> pressing to uh, or they find a lot of pressure to even get out one a week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, you obviously had to have listened to podcasts or or liked podcasts. Why do you think? that people, especially in America today, are gravitating towards podcasts, either listening to them or, or wanting to start one? Podcasting is an information revolution on par with the printing press and television. It is the first method in, in the history of humanity for passive knowledge gaining. And I don't mean fully passive, like you're not asleep when it happens and you just wake up knowing Kung mm-hmm. Fu, but you can listen to a podcast while driving, while cleaning your house, while mowing your lawn. Uh, and I think the impact of podcasts has barely even been scratched. I truly believe that almost all of humanity is going to be better off and smarter and know more and have more access to knowledge mm-hmm. uh, because the limitation of having the time to fully focus on learning has been removed. Yeah. That's I mean, huge. And then it's ease of access and the ability to set one up quickly and get out there. Um, I would say a lot of, you know, we work with a lot of clients as well on our side and business owners ask me about the podcast all the time. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know, how's it going for you? It's going great for me. It's made me a lot of money. It's a great thing. But I think the biggest thing is it's also an easy way of generating content. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean for content's sake in a marketing sense, but if you run a tire shop, and you set up a podcast that you do once a week, sure, or once a month even, on how to change tires or whatever it is a tire shop does, you're going to force yourself to consume information and then turn it into something you can actually speak to people about. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people go a long time without ever actually formulating all this information in their head into actual consumable information for other people. And I think that makes experts very quickly, much faster than just doing it a hundred times. If you have to actually think about it, explain it to people, you're going to get a lot better at it. Definitely. Those are all great points. Um, you said that the, the podcast has done well for you and your business. 
tell me a little bit more about how you've actually used the podcast for your business and, and what effect has it had? Um, it doesn't have to be necessarily uh, monetary uh, return or anything like that, but what sort of return on this investment of time um, over the last few years has, has it had for you? It's almost impossible to, in anything that works well in a business becomes such an integral part of it that it's hard to untangle it, right? Mm -hmm. But the podcast has been outstanding for me. Doing the dailies forced me to become uh, knowledgeable about the industry in ways I wasn't before, to be more on top of it. Mm -hmm. uh, that alone moved me hugely just forward in terms of being good at my job. And then that led to a book deal, which led to speaking engagements, which led to, you know, clients larger than I'd ever dreamed I'd have. And I don't know, and none of that would have, I don't, I honestly don't think any of that would have happened if I hadn't decided one day to launch a podcast. Mm -hmm. Separate from the, those pieces, it also is an amazing way to keep content in front of my clients. Um, it's a, you know, I was in a competitive situation on an RFP for a large group out of Texas mm -hmm. and um, the real differentiator they need was not so much a system. I mean, when you get to a certain size, everyone's got good tech, you know, or they know how, they know they should have good tech anyway. Um, the difference becomes on the level of expertise that you can bring to that specific situation. Mm -hmm. And the competitor uh, uh, salesperson actually was talking with the client and me and said, Oh yeah, I listen to your podcast like every week. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. I, I use it. I, 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 I say, I take it and update my client newsletter with it, you know, once a month. That's awesome. And so there's some, it's hard to even say, but it's been, it's launched a lot of my business, but it's also uh, kept me sharper than I think I would be otherwise. Very good. Yeah. That's, that, that's a really great story. Um, about the competitor. Yes. So, so for you, why did you pick a podcast over other forms of content? Like, you know, I know there are plenty of HR bloggers. I know sure. there are YouTube channels. Why did you pick podcasting? When I first started, I thought it'd be easy. I, I talk better <laughs> than I type. I tell that people a lot. Yeah. Like, like, oh yeah, this way I can just get on the mic and say some stuff. <laughs> um, and to a degree... To a degree, that is true. I would say, I think interviews are some of the, um, what was one reason I was really excited about a podcast originally. I didn't do daily interviews. I did daily content I wrote and then recorded. Mm -hmm. um, but once a month, I would do an interview right there at the beginning. And then it became twice a month. And now it's once a week. Uh, because honestly, interviews are just so much fun. I get to, um, I learn through them, mm -hmm. which is awesome. But also they take a lot less prep. <laughs> compared to a 30-minute right. episode that you're explaining content is a, is a chapter in a textbook. Mm -hmm. A 45-minute a interview is, you know, I read their bio, I checked out their website, I heard the good things about them. Let's go chat for 45 minutes about what you do. It's so much less stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think on one hand, that's it. On the other, I always have thought that in the long run, podcasts lend themselves very easily to the creation of other content. Record yourself doing the podcast, record the interview on Zoom. Now you have video for YouTube and content. Now what we do is we take my podcast episodes. Um, normally what I do is I write an outline for my content-based ones or even my interview-based ones. Um, during the interview, I take some notes. Now all of that goes to um, 
my marketing coordinator. Mm -hmm. She runs it through Timmy. I don't remember what. She runs it through a voice rec software, turns that into a transcript, edits it, uses the notes. And so now we have, I mean, it's show notes, but it's really a blog post Mm -hmm. of everything that was discussed in the, in the, in the podcast as well. So I think it, it, low barrier to entry generates Mm -hmm. a ton of different ways of using your content. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, easiest for clients to, I, I, my clients would not watch, there's no way they would have watched a daily 10, 15, 20 minute YouTube video. Mm -hmm. Ain't no way, but it can be part of their daily commute. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the key that comes up a lot of times. Have you ever wondered how other podcasters grow their audience? Well, one of the best ways to do this is by being a guest on other podcasts, borrowing their audiences. So that's why I created the Publicity Power Pack. It's a product designed to help you learn how to network with other podcasters and get invited onto their shows. There's really no better way to grow your audience. The Publicity Power Pack provides you with everything you need to network with other podcasters, be a better guest, send pitches that people actually respond to, and begin your journey towards becoming an in-demand guest. So what are you waiting for? Let me help you grow your podcast starting today. Get the Publicity Power Pack only for $27. You can go to dannyosmond.com PPP to get it today. So you're in the, this, this hot world of human resources, and I know there's a lot of other content, like I already mentioned. Sexy. Have you, have you seen um, podcasts working for other businesses, either similar to you or, or in your industry? I, um, I don't really know. I mean, I know that I've been, I've been guests on podcasts, mm-hmm. um, especially around like the accounting profession. Um, gotcha. Those seem to do quite well. Um, I've had a couple of big names on like JLD, uh, from EO fire, those kind of mm-hmm. guys on and, and those there, they, they, you know, generalized business podcast seems to do outstandingly. Uh, and yeah, I love those. That's example. EO fire. I started listening on episode like 55 and I've listened to every, <laughs> I mean, that was the podcast that got me into podcasts. Gotcha. And, okay. Um, but yeah. having said that, I don't, I don't actually have any clients or, um, well, that's a lie. I do have one good client, um, a marketing organization uh, that's nationwide, and they do have a they do have a pretty dang successful podcast. Uh, but other than them, I don't actually you know a couple hundred clients. I don't have any other shoot podcasts. Yeah, I don't think it's a saturated market by any means. Right. Oh yeah. I and I'm I I hear what you're saying about the accountants. I have um, one client who's just getting started up, uh, who's an accountant, and another client who is an accountant who's been doing pretty well with their podcast. And I have a couple of um, lawyers as well. And I think for, especially for those types of industries, it comes down a lot to trust um, that people know they need an accountant or they know they need a lawyer, but they, they don't really hire them until they are absolutely like almost in an emergency situation a lot of times where they have to get into it or they know they've got to spend the money because they don't want to do the math (laughs) with the accountants so it's a chance i think for people in those industries to establish hey here's who we are here's who we are as people uh here's our expertise kind of like you were talking about and that's exactly that's exactly how i establish that yeah yeah it's it's so there's such a high barrier to entry even more Mm -hmm. than hiring an accountant or lawyer at least those are fully 
the business owner or the CFO can go, hey, yeah. we're going to change accountants. No one's stressed. The employees don't have a meeting and go, what the hell are you doing? Right, right. But <laughs> when you change an HR company and we're going to be affecting their benefits or we're going to change how their payroll you know, looks, where they're going to log in for timekeeping, how they're going to you know, sw- they're going to swipe their thumb on a biometric reader instead of typing in a key code that they share mm-hmm. with their buddies for buddy punching. It's a big barrier to entry, especially in larger organizations. Um, you know, long sales cycle, long implementation timeline. Mm-hmm. Now you could do it in a small company. If all 10 of them can get in a room and go, hey guys, I'm Rami, let's, let's do this thing. There's no issues. But most of the time when you're talking about large organization, it's a big, big sales cycle. So for us, the way we look at it is when an HR person, business owner, CFOs out there looking, um, we have a series of, you know, subscribe to the podcast, get to know us, no charge, no cost, no time, no big deal. Yeah. You can buy my book, 20 bucks, have fun, get to know me even better, learn more about how we do, learn what we do and see if you could do it on your own without having to hire some people. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Take a course, go one step further. Maybe you have an HR person internally who knows their stuff. They just need a guideline. They need a roadmap. So we have courses that range from 500 bucks up to 4,000 bucks. And then if that, if all of that, you know, any one of those kind of, you know, it's like, all right, I love the podcast. I should buy the book. I like the book. Mm-hmm. The book taught me a lot. I should, I should maybe take a course. I take the course. The course is outstanding. I've got it all in place. I, I need help. I want, I want it automated now. I need a good piece of software. Now they reach out to us. So whatever your price range is, whatever your level of investment mm-hmm. is, there's a uh, associated product. Yeah, that's very cool. You've, you've certainly got your value ladder set up that you have different ways for people to get into, um, get in and work with you, uh, based on what, what, where they're at and where they need to be. Um, before we, before we head out, I want to, I like to ask this question of everyone cause you've been podcasting for a while now. Um, and I want to, I want to go back to the beginning when you were a business owner and you're thinking about, Oh, I should do this podcast thing. It could be technical. It could be, it could be mindset issues. Whatever. What what growing pains did you experience when you decided I'm going to do this and start it up? I ha- I didn't have technical issues. I'm a, we're a pretty tech savvy team. So mm-hmm. at the time we used um, oh god I've lost the name um, SoundCloud. We hosted okay. on SoundCloud. We <laughs> distributed via an RSS feed and we incorporated it into our website. Mm-hmm. Submitted manually to all the the iTunes and all those things. Um, you know, now there's all in one solutions that make it so freaking easy. But back right. then that's kind of what we had to do. Yeah. Um, my biggest issue was consistency. It was mm. incredibly stressful. Um, I was normally, you know, the business was was I only had I had a team of seven. Now I've got like five times four times that amount. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just a very different business now. Uh, but when I started, it was I didn't have a marketing coordinator. I was also doing the social media posts. I was, you know, trying to format images. There was a lot that went into it that I I hadn't really built out staff for. Mm -hmm. And so I would, the quality of my episode and the marketing around it varied hugely. Um, I don't think that's a problem, especially when you're doing an episode a day, you know, it was just like, Hey, it just kept building. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. I also had a bit more financial resources. I think a lot of people are trying to start a podcast. I mean, 
I think the best way to do it is to support an existing business, but I'm sure there are people out there just trying to make a good podcast and make that their revenue source. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it was nothing. I mean, I I think I put $10 in Facebook or Twitter ads Mm -hmm. every episode, every day, you know, 200 bucks, 400 bucks a month. Yeah, go for it. Um, And that helped really grow my audience. If you don't Mm -hmm. have any money to put towards marketing, I think it's probably a lot harder to get rocking. Also, ads are a lot more expensive than they were four years ago. Oh, yeah, definitely. So... Um, but yeah, for me, it was consistency. Just, it hurts. It will blow you away looking over four years. Um, an unscheduled hiatus, as I've called it in the past, i.e. a week, I just didn't get around to doing the dang thing. Um, (laughs) your numbers drop in half. Yeah. You You go for, you work for months and you miss two episodes and it's like, all right, well now you're punished and it's a real punishment. Podcast listeners I mean, it's a friendship. They they trust you. They expect you to be there. And it's one of those things that if if you let anything suffer, don't let it be the consistency. Like try to always, even if it's three minutes to say, hey, you know, just wanted to check in. Uh, we're not going to have a full episode this week just to show up in that podcast app um, so people know you're there and you're your friend. At least even, you know, even though it's a one way friendship, it's they're checking in with you. Exactly. Um, that's a, that's a really great point. And I think you've certainly built up some capital after doing a daily podcast, um, for so yeah. long. I think yeah. it was like 350 episodes daily, wow. you know, by the time we, then we took two months off and, and yeah. relaunched as people processes, by the way, relaunching, we needed to unify our brand. We had the mm-hmm. donate HR alone podcast. We had a company name, we had insurance yeah. name. We had we unified under people processes and it took i mean we did we we officially the podcast now is about a year and a half old the people Mm -hmm. processes podcast uh, almost two years now um and we are back at our old numbers but it it was it wasn't quite starting over completely but it was pretty dang close right yeah did you um did you keep no, you said you were on SoundCloud, so you didn't mm-hmm. keep the same RSS feed. You created a new one. I created a whole new RSS gotcha. feed. And if okay. I'd had a consultant, I, they probably would have said, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's that's the that's the advice that uh, you certainly get um, yeah. like from me or uh, even if you're with Libsyn, they'll tell you all the time, you know, hey, just change the title. Don't, don't redo yeah. the RSS feed. Or if you're migrating from somewhere, from blog talk to 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 blueberry or something they're like you know don't change the rss feed we'll migrate it over we'll get the subscribers but it's you know you live and learn i missed it yeah i just missed that that memo uh Mm -hmm. very smart i mean i put two episodes up on the the last two episodes but like hey go to the new one go to the new one yeah and yeah yeah, i mean it was less than 10 Mm -hmm. Um, percent so and one one thing you were saying too before we got started with the the actual interview here you were talking about how you've also been on a lot of other podcasts and i think that's one of the overlooked ways for a lot of podcasters and growing an audience by borrowing an audience, um, going on shows that are in your niche, in your industry, and just mentioning that you have a podcast. You'd be surprised a lot of the time how, and I think you've seen that too, probably how people will come and join you and check you out because it's a really easy thing to do when they're already in the podcast app listening to you. It is and it depends. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, it depends on the podcast, right? One thing is it's kind of hard to quality check podcasts. I mean, sure. I can look to see how many episodes they've had, um, but it's very difficult to rank them. Right. At least I don't know a good way. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's sometimes uh, what I've decided is that when I'm in other podcasts, it's just the fun of the interview. <laughs> That's um, a good way to look at it. Yeah. I, I, I don't norm. I haven't really, I mean, I've been on a few larger podcasts, but never mm-hmm. like just giant ones. And so most of the podcasts I'm on are much smaller than my podcast, which mm-hmm. is fine. The way I do it is I actually, I allocate my marketing budget towards their podcasts. So when I'm on someone else's podcasts, I'll drop a hundred bucks on sending a bunch of, you know, on our Facebook and Twitter gotcha. and LinkedIn, we have about 10,000 people on Facebook. Um, and we'll push that really hard to get that other podcast a bump, hear me on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've found that that actually, my people going on the other, po- going to another podcast, first of all, it makes the other person interviewing me feel great because mm-hmm. they may get five or 600 downloads instead of their normal 60. Mm-hmm. Um, but they actually, those people who who will go and listen to another podcast, they come back and they find me and they they then subscribe much more so. I don't I don't know why, but establishing the expertise on another show um, seems to pay off a lot better in terms of converting your existing social media following to subscribers. Yeah. Well, it's it's again, it comes back to that no like and trust factor. The people that are even the people that are fans of that other show, they trust that person. And so anyone that that person brings on, they have a sense that that person has been vetted, that the the guest is going to offer something of value. And uh, I think you see that. Um, and probably for your people, it's like, wow, you know, this Rami's doing some big things. I should I should check this yeah. out. <laughs> You're everywhere, yeah. right? You want to be everywhere. You want everybody to hear you. I'd like to be. Um, yeah. Now I just try to, you know, I, I I will also say podcasting is not a cure-all. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen some good businesses come and go that grew a podcast audience um, to support their, and I'm going to use Tire Shop as an example, but it's been accounting practices, law firms. Okay. And they put a lot of their, they put, podcasting for an existing company is great, but it is still marketing. Mm-hmm. It's a great way of marketing. You learn a lot, and that's the real advantage, I think, over traditional forms. Um, it's low cost. There's all kinds of adv- advantages to it, but it is still marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen you know six-man company CEOs drop 20 hours, 30 hours a week into podcasting, and they would be better served doing some marketing, including podcasting, but recognizing that their product, their actual business has to be good as well. Mm -hmm. If the marketing works, you know, your worst case scenario is what if people start calling you and asking for services that you've been talking about and you're not there? (laughs) Um, That goes bad real quick. So I would say given it's low buried in and it's success, I've seen enough companies almost blow up over that potential success Mm -hmm. uh, because they move too quick to it. That is one thing I've noticed as a potential disadvantage. Well, this has been great. Um, if people want to learn more about you and people processes and your businesses, where can they go? Please find us on uh, peopleprocesses.com. That's P-E-O-P-L-E-P-R-O-C-E-S-S-E-S, peopleprocesses.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash peopleprocesses. I'm on there all the time. Team's on there. We're constantly monitoring that. We get a lot of great questions, and that serves the basis of a lot of my episodes. Q&As are my, are my lowest, most listened to uh, episodes. So I'd love for you to reach out on there with any HR, compliance, structure, planning, 
that you can do, anything that you have a question about, reach out on there. I'd love to hear from you. And you can also check us out at academy.peopleprocesses.com if you're interested in like picking up a course that deep dives into onboarding or some other people process. Awesome, Rami. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Have a great one.